Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Shaq. S-H-E-K, Shaq, Shaq, Shaq. Yes, it's the footballiest time of the year. It's football season after all. And the Seattle Seahawks did to the Green Bay Packers, pretty much what they did to the Denver Broncos about, uh, what, seven months or so ago. Let's pick that one over and look forward to the real opening day. I know this is a nice tradition that we've established here over the last 12 years. The thing that's interesting about it is everybody gets over their skis about the results because we haven't seen football in so long. Yes, at preseason, maybe five weeks ago, we started to to uh, work our assumptions out about who's good and who's bad. But not until we actually watched the Thursday night game did we really now decide that the Seahawks shall never lose again and the Packers are insane <laughs> if they do not trade Aaron Rodgers ASAMP because clearly they're garbage. This is the sort of vibe I'm getting over the last several hours since the conclusion of the game. Um, so I want to kibitz about that. And like I say, it is time at long last. We've been waiting for seven months. This really signals the return of football season in my eyes and in my ears, and I hope yours as well. It's time for the Red Challenge flag segment. This is when we pick our games with Elliot Harrison and Handsome Hank. We'll do that in one second. First, though, let's say hello to these fellows here and get their thoughts on what we saw on Thursday night. I'm just back from Seattle, by the way. It was a it was a positively gay time. It was magical. We'll talk about it first. Hello to Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? What's up, man? I I know that you picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl, but you changed your mind. No, no, I stopped the pack. <laughs> well, now I can't back off of that. So no, you I have changed to, your mind on the game pick. I did. I changed and my you game. Seattle but because you had, yeah. and this this is I was I really was uh, held hostage 
by the people of Seattle. I was up there and doing hits for NFL Now and uh, the Fantasy Show and so on and so forth with Matt Money Smith. And once you got onto the grounds, once you got within about like a half mile of the clink, it just felt inevitable. Obviously, the Seahawks are going to win this game. There's no one who's coming in here and winning tonight. And uh, and so so yeah, so I switched my pick in the moment. Like I say, it was on TV. Michael Robinson was there of the Seahawks to witness my flip there. So all of you who are hitting me up on Twitter, hey, hey, you want to change your pick now, dude? Picking the Packers to beat the Seahawks? Well, I did in fact do it. I know, but I want to give you credit for something. All I right. do because I know you like being right, and you yes, were I very, do. very much as right. opposed to you, <laughs> very much right on something. Oh. Uh, so one of the last times I was on the podcast, the Brilliant DDFP podcast, I. Uh, mentioned that I'd watched Karate Kid mm-hmm. and I had only caught it like 30 minutes in. I missed the first 30 minutes when like Danielson shows up at their new apartment complex. And I got to say, you hit the nail on the head. How is it that Miyagi is so meticulous mm-hmm. about his trees and his cars being so clean? And yet that apartment complex looks like a dump. Yeah. I don't it's, get it. He, well, first of all, he's robbing Peter to pay Paul. All of his focus, all of his energy when he's being paid to take care of the grounds of the apartment complex are being devoted to his bonsai trees. And I think we learn as the as the picture rolls on that maybe Mr. Miyagi enjoys a little too much sake. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I think I think that's an issue for the man. And I don't want to get into, I don't want to make accusations because Daniel-san does learn karate and he, by the end of the picture, he has earned the respect of his peers and the affection of a uh, a foxy, if a bit zoftig, uh, Allie, played by, I can't remember her name, but Foxy. She's one of those actresses who got foxier the older she got, actually. You know, I can't think of her name. In it's Leaving Las Vegas. What's her Elizabeth name? Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth yeah. Shue. Yeah. Shue gets foxier. Adventures in Babysitting is, is, I think, might be her finest work. Well, oh, Cocktail. She looks uh, good cocktail, in Cocktail. You're right. Yeah. Cocktail? No, she's foxiest, though, in Leaving Las Vegas. Mm. Yeah, but I, it, there's also been a downslide. I saw something in her the, with her in the other day, which... She's not, only human. Right. She's probably 50 by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 50, 55. I met Machio a couple of years ago. He's one of those guys, uh, this is something that ails most uh, most actors who have success that is 20 years in the rearview mirror. He doesn't like to talk Karate Kid. You bring it up to him like, hey, you know, I want to, uh, you know, chop up, uh, you know, some of the finer points of, of Karate Kid with you. And he said, you know, I really I've been lucky enough to be in a number of classics. And uh, and, you know, that's just one of them. I'd rather talk about some of the other things. And I'm like, <laughs> what other classics are you thinking of? <laughs> My Cousin Vinny? Was that that? I mean, I guess that's that was a good movie. It was fine. I don't know if you would regard it as a classic. He was a what was the cop show he was on in the late nineties? Like a Fox cop show. show. Yeah, he was a on a cop show like in the late nineties on Fox. Least intimidating cop ever, unless he goes crane move on you. You know, if he uses the crane technique, That's then right. that might be the. By the way, who's the? Although guy? I don't know how many bad guys just wait for you to stand in front of you while you do the crane. I don't know that that would well, he didn't work know out what on he was the screen. Doing. What's that? He didn't know what he was doing. Like, William Zabka didn't realize that that's what he was going to do to him. Yeah, but people are going to get wise to that pretty quickly. I don't want to talk about in, on our on our picks. Right, our, come on. Our, uh, the premiere of the picks. I will say, though, the scoring. I, if, I were, if I were the Cobra Kais, they're kind of like the Raiders, and the referees probably know their negative reputation coming in because that, the, the official of the finals fight 
is pretty dodgy with the way he scores it. Like a lot of for for Zabka, you know, Johnny, a lot of a lot of half points on things where he cold cocks uh, Danielson and knocks him out. Like no, that's that's cheating. But on the other hand, Larusso is allowed to go, do crane move and kick him in the face and kick knock him, him in the face. Yes. Well, that why is that not a, a foul? That should have been a foul. That's right. Why yeah. does he win the match? Anyway, listen, I don't have time to discuss this. Well, I do, and you've drawn me into your into your web, and I don't want to do it. Oh, you know what we haven't said hello to, by the way? It's the guy who's voice. The, yeah. All the way from uh, from London, England, he has high hopes for his 24 Miami Dolphins. It's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? How, how could you not be good today, Dave? Yeah. Wow. What, what, a, what a fun time. Now, I wanted, uh, Elliot said that you, you got to change your pick, and, and mm-hmm. you ended up being right about it. There was one pick last time I was on the podcast um, with Dan Hansis of the Around the NFL podcast. Mm-hmm. We discussed the five greatest quarterbacks in in oh yeah in, 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 since Super Bowls came about. Right. Well, what's and, and Dave Damashek selected as number the the second best. Well, don't quarterback tell him. I'd time. like to hear Elliot's first. Well, Real no, no. quick, tick off your top five quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era. Uh, well, I did this for NFL.com I a while back ago, um, less than a year ago. I have uh, Montana one. I have Brady two. I have right. Unitas now. Unitas is arguable because you're saying Super Bowl era. Right. Right. He was still a good player by the time the Super Bowl came, but not the third best quarterback of all time. I reject that because of what you just said. I don't yeah. think he. Okay, so best I, days were pre-Super Bowl era. I had Manning four, uh, and then after, Eli or Peyton. <laughs> I had Peyton Manning. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't and, know. I didn't know. And I had. Uh, Autogram, but that's not Super Bowl era. Super Bowl. Yeah, and then yeah. I had, uh, I believe, Roger Stahlback after right. that. Well, Stahlback well, ahead of Bradshaw. That's I an did. interesting one. A I lot did. of people hit me up saying, why not Bradshaw? Where's Bradshaw on this list? Yeah. And I was sort of surprised by that because I feel like he's underregarded. But, I mean, you you may not know it, but actually you watched the second best quarterback of all time playing last night. No. All right, I said Aaron Rodgers was the second best of the Super Bowl era. He has to get one more ring, but if he gets that, then th- everyone will agree I with can't that. Get As Elliot that. says, if ifs and buts. Right. We're candy and nuts. Then we don't have a Merry Christmas. We don't have a Merry Christmas. All right, listen. But again, <laughs> the, what, what we did see is that the Packers remain a flawed team. That offensive line was disastrous. But then again, when you go into the clink, it is so loud, and all that stuff about home field I always think is kind of gray and how important is it, but not not there because, you know, in fact, Elliot, you said about a month ago we were kibitzing, and you were saying the Rams could be a lot better if the fan base in St. Louis would show up because that's a dome stadium, mm-hmm. and you can say, ah, how, how important could that be? It can prove to be hugely significant if the, if the crowd noise – is so loud and it's domed. And what's remarkable about Seattle Stadium is, is is that it is not, but it's deafening, and that practically makes it so that the offensive line isn't hearing the calls, and those and the defensive line is getting a split second jump. And you saw that on Thursday night once again. The Rams, if they could get that, but in the meantime, the Seahawks are getting that. I know, like I say, no one, and I sort of ignored that until. The game arrived, game day arrived, but you realize there's just it, it is near impossible to go in there and, and take a game from Seattle. It it is, uh, you know, it's it was interesting last night too watching uh, Green Bay on defense. There a couple times I thought they looked confused, and you know usually that the crowd hushes for the when the home team is on offense. But I was wondering who was making the calls for the Packers defensively. I was t- trying to pay attention a little bit. You saw some confusion on the the. Um, 
the zone read play that I believe Lockett got a touchdown on mm-hmm. and some confusion on who who had who, and then he did, threw the little jump pass. Right. But, uh, you know, what's interesting about what you're bringing up is that what kind of team are you? So one reason I always thought the 49ers had a good shot to beat Seattle in Seattle is because with Kaepernick, they don't change the play that much. I mean, really, you call the play and he runs the play. You don't ask Colin Kaepernick to put that team cerebrally uh, on his back and change play calls at the line. So in some ways, I feel like the 49ers are better suited to go in there and win because they're just going to run what they run, and they think we're better than you are one-on-one. Uh, whereas you bring another team in there like like a Denver who's going to be changing the play call all the time at the line, and Peyton Manning can't do it because right. guys can't hear him. So unless you've got silent count and those kind of things down to a T, uh, I, I feel like the more straightforward approach teams like Carolina mm-hmm. and San Francisco, although San Francisco has been struggling big time, have a better shot of winning in Seattle uh, than than the more complex teams like Green Bay, New Orleans. Yeah, and you hear this talk about punch you in the mouth, That not, I mean that nonsense phrase. But, you know, talking to, I'll name drop here, uh, Super Bowl champion Michael Robinson of the Seattle Seahawks, yapping with him over the last couple of days, he really does put a lot of weight on exactly that. He said, you know, when the when we were on the rise over these last couple of years here, now, of course, he's, he's not uh, with the Seahawks, he's with NFL media, um, but, you know, he said it really was important to establish that on our home field and on the road. He said that really shocked the 49ers in the uh, in the level of respect for us is just as simple as that. And I think there was something about that Cardinals win, as much as you can extract from that one in week 16 at the end of last season, that they were just super physical with that team. I don't I, I don't think if you aren't that. I like Denver, week three, they're up there in the clank. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know what to think about that right. game, but based exactly what you're saying, I can't envision – the Broncos really hanging with them, but but I think the the only thing that might allow it to happen is that what just happened to Denver, or relatively just happened to Denver in in NFL terms, is like you have that memory of wow, we can't be soft, we can't finesse these guys, we're gonna have to mm-hmm. we're gonna have to do the same, at least try and hit, you know hit them punch for punch. I think with it, with the Packers without BJ Raji, that was always going to be difficult for them to do. Yesterday, you can't absorb those blows if you're doing it with uh, with guys that you wouldn't hopefully have um, starting in the middle of your defense. Well, the it, it's uh, the the longer-term question is what's going to be with that offensive line. Another right. year of yeah. Aaron Rodgers having to run for his life constantly. Unfair. He and Roethlisberger, those are the two. And Romo now, his line has does look fixed up. Jay Cutler's looked improved, but the two outliers remain. Although I do think uh, the Steelers' offensive line is going to rise up this year. And that brings me to... The Red Challenge flag segment for the first time this year. What? You're shrugging? No, I'm excited? excited. Oh, I thought you were saying I didn't get to speak my piece. No, no, no. Seattle, by the way, is just one of the gems of uh, of not just football America, but these United States in general. Beautiful place. The people. Delightful. Um, have you guys been up to Seattle, by the way? I have not. Got it. Go. Listen. I, I Hear me now. Believe me once you get there. You must go. It is. I've never been to Lambeau, but I've been to I think twenty-ish or so of of the NFL venues out there. The game day experience is the best. It's at, at Seattle. They just the the bars and restaurants that are around there allow you to spend. You could spend ten or twelve hours out there for the day. It's just you know every everybody's feeling it right now. They're the reigning champions, so everybody 
on the street. I saw Dan Hanzus, our pal from around the NFL, wrote uh, a piece on Friday about the fans. He said one out of four people had Seahawks gear on. That is, I don't know where he was. He must not have. Been, he must have been in some decidedly <laughs> hipster sect of town because. There was nobody without it on. Everybody had Seahawks stuff on. It was uh, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. But the coolest thing I did, as a side note, was on Wednesday, the day before the game, I walked up. Uh, as I was walking up to the clink, I heard a band playing, and I realized, oh, I know that, uh, I know that band, and it was Soundgarden. And I walked up from where I sit, handsome. We're we're about eight feet apart here in Studio Sixty Six. That's how far away I was from. Uh, from uh, Chris Cornell and the fellas, and it was awesome. What, by yourself? It? Yes, by myself. They were just serenading you. Yes, tearing through, outshined, and uh, and Rusty Cage. It was all. It was just how, awesome. How did this happen? Explain why they, they were, why they, were, were they, they were rehearsing. Yeah, they were sound checking themselves right. the day before, and so I stood there and watched it. And uh, then the producer started to call me and text me, "Where are you, Dave? You're late. You're late." And I was, and I had the come up with some excuses about right. what, what I was doing. I think, the, I think what you were doing actually is the excuse. Yeah, that's true. Soundgarden um, are playing exclusively for me. Hey, EH, that's how I felt. Hey, EH, um, what uh, you're right now with Michael Fabiano and uh, some other fellows here at NFL Media, you have just begun a dynasty fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is that? I don't even know what that means. That means that you – I actually got auto-picked on the uh, first pick. It oh, no. Let, it wouldn't let me log in. Uh, but uh, I, t- I tell you what, uh, you don't draft anyone the next year. So, Dynasty, the only guys we, we pick up are the rookies that come out next year and then anyone that gets dropped to the waiver wire. So, a keeper league, you decide who you want to keep and then you lose that draft pick. In mm-hmm. a Dynasty league, you draft your team like a, like a GM. Those are your players. That's and you got forever. And, and that's who you've got forever. Yeah. So, so you, wait a second. So, are, but you're taking NFL players, or are you taking college players? No, I'm taking NFL players. I thought you said guys that aren't in. I, I'm yeah, sorry, in other words, I keep everyone that I draft, and then so then ne- Blake next Bortles year, is your first pick, right? No, uh, I got Matt Forte seventh overall on auto pick. Not bad, but he's a little long in the tooth. I know he. I agree. He That's not what Two, I wanted. Three years that is, left. That is not who I wanted. All right, let's get whatever. into the picks here. But one last little tidbit that I learned. <laughs> I visited. My old pal Jonah Carey on his Grantland baseball podcast, of course, we diverted into some football talk, and he told me a crazy fantasy stat is, um, do you know that, and we, I verified this on NFL's uh, fantasy, um, with NFL's fantasy stats, more people own Tim Tebow than Chad Henney. Yep, and Sean Hill. <laughs> Chad Henney is starting a game. He's starting the game this weekend. That's insane. He's one of 32 human beings starting the game, uh, an NFL game, and he's owned by fewer people than Tim Tebow. When was the last time he took it as a snap in the NFL? And Sean Hill 18 well. months now, 24 months? Say Sean Hill. Sean Hill also. Sean Hill's even more trailing, trailing Tim Tebow. Oh, is that? I think that's uh, crazy and says something, obviously, about uh, where people's heads are. But, uh, all right, let's get into this. My head is on Sunday, the true, you know, opening day for me. This is it. This yes. is, this is I, I, I feel I get nostalgic for this. I hearken back to childhood of all the memories of the family coming up, or me go, being at home and all the extended family coming over and Mo Damashek making up hors d'oeuvres and putting out plates of cheese and, and uh, pigs in the blanket and crep locks and all sorts of stuff. 
and the uncles would come over, or if it was a game day, we would go to the stadium. Ah, the ritual was like nothing else, and I still hold it uh, near and dear, even though I'll be watching from Los Angeles on this Sunday. And let's start, though, in Heinz Field for the reasons I just explained to you, because those events happened on the banks of the Three Rivers in Pittsburgh, PA, of course. The Cleveland Browns coming to Pittsburgh to Heinz Field. I like where Coach Mike Pettin's uh, head's at. He said, rivalry. This is hardly a rivalry. We have to win some games before they uh, before they give us their respect. I like that. Practically, though, I don't like Brian Hoyer under center. I don't like this, this team with uh, its collection of pass catchers. I like Pittsburgh in this one, but who cares what I think? Handsome Hank, let the red challenge flag segment begin. Make your pick. And Elliot Harrison, if you want to challenge it, Throw the red challenge flag. Go ahead, handsome Hank. You start us off. Dave, I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Am I, allowed, I can't remember if I'm allowed to tell you why. Um, as part of the red challenge flag segment, do I just say no, who No, you I'm say picking? who you're picking. Okay. Elliot, are you going to throw the red challenge flag on this one? Who are you picking, Hank? Oh, well, please. Listening, were you? Please stop with that. Try, not, try to stop drafting Alfred Morris. It's, it's obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's it is? Yes. 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 Cleveland I, can't do anything offensively. And I'm not putting this all in the quarterback position. Their receivers have stunk. I'm serious. It's like people expect Brian Hoyer to walk down the field and hand them the football. I mean, literally. So what? So you got to catch a ball that's a little bit behind you. Make the catch. That's what you're paid to do. Make the catch. Jordan Cameron in the game, uh, the game against the Redskins wasn't even looking. The ball hit him right on the, on the hip. It wasn't even looking, and, and they blame Brian Hoyer. Not to mention, I thought I saw Ryan Kerrigan on him within like a second and a half on a couple of plays. I, I just don't trust the Browns' offense. I do think the Browns' defense can be top ten, though. I Well, I, I certainly agree with that, and I think this uh, division in general is going to have uh, some really good defense. I think there's going to be a return in the AFC North to some of those 13-10 type games. As I always say, that's every score that the Ravens and Steelers have ever ha- had the final score of every game those teams have ever played. But I think all four of them are going to be that this year, more defense dominant. The, the thing that I think must be fun as a Steelers fan, Dave, is you've had such consistent success over the years that although the, your, your little drop-off wasn't, you know, as, as pronounced as some teams have, it must be exciting as a Steelers fan to see, like, to have that excitement. Like, we got a young nucleus of players, especially on defense, that you can look forward to watching this season as they come together, but then, you know, for a few years down the line as well. You know, you, I, I don't go way back into the past. It's more like, I guess, six years or so ago at this point, seven years ago, that they used their first two picks of the draft to get uh, Lawrence Timmons in right. the first round and then La- Lamar Woodley in the oh, second. Seven. Was that? Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds about right. Um and now they've gotten Jarvis Jones first mm-hmm. last year, and now um, with Ryan Shazier this year, it does feel replenished, and it seems like yeah. it's going to get a boost. But the irony would be that everybody talks about Dick LeBeau and his defense always confuses rookies. Rookies always fail against Dick LeBeau. That's uh, one of right. the, the things you can set your watch to, except that he has all these rookies now that he has Playing to deploy. Defense. And I wonder if Brian Hoyer might be able to get over on them. If you're going to, I think it's early in the season against this defense once they round into shape and get a little experience. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Hoyer has a surprisingly good day there. But I agree with you, though, EH ultimately – Somebody's got to help him out. He's got to have uh, the pass catch. Yeah, I, I, I think the Browns are going to be up 7-3 to three in the late second quarter. They're going to convert a third and six to Miles Austin, and he's going to come up holding the back of his leg 
and then the Browns are. <laughs> How bad, by the way, must Mike Pettin have, from his time in the Jets, disliked San Antonio Holmes? Because I wonder if in hindsight he's kicking himself. Like, yeah, I should have just let bygones be bygones. Now he's made the Chicago Bears and might yeah. maybe a viable option for Jay Cutler. Man, they yeah. we really should have taken But San he's got Antonio Miles here. Austin. Uh, yeah, much better. All right, now we move on. That was just a warm-up. Of course you took the Steelers in that one. I agree. Now we're going to go close to handsome Hank's heart here. The New England Patriots are visiting. We've seen over the Tom Brady era, the Patriots not shine in week one and get whipped by or at least lose to division foes. They're in South Beach to play your Miami Dolphins, handsome Hank. That's why I'm going to turn it over to EH here for the pick. How say you, EH? Well, I'm on the clock, so you know, uh, with the 31st pick overall, I wanted Keenan Allen, and he went, and uh, Aaron Rodgers just went, so I need a wide receiver. I just wanted to give you all an update. Uh, that said, I'm going New England Patriots. Uh, I don't trust Miami the way that you do, uh, Hank. I don't trust the offense right now. The offensive line is new, and that's important, but the passing game still, I, just, I don't see the chemistry there. Yeah, sometimes they look good. Against the Falcons, they looked good, but I don't trust the offense. I do trust Tom Brady. He's my MVP, New England Patriots. He didn't respect our rule, did he? He didn't respect He didn't just rule. say, I'm taking the New England Patriots. I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm letting you go here. He could it. have continued drafting. That's right. Uh, all right, Hanson. Your retort, do you wish to throw the red challenge flag in support of your Miami Dolphins or no? Dave, metaphorically, I'm reaching into my pocket, and I'm pulling out the red challenge flag, yeah! and I'm throwing it on the ground, Elliot. The Dolphins are going to win. I love the it. The Miami Dolphins are going to win that game. Justify that beyond your allegiance. Okay, I will do. The, the Miami Dolphins come into this game. They, first of all, they have a huge advantage. The last, I don't know how many years, the Dolphins have had to go to Foxborough in December where, they, where the Patriots have a significant advantage, but the Patriots come to us in like November or something like that. It's opening day of the season. It's going to be sweltering in South Florida. It's going to be very hot. The mm. Dolphins have been practicing in that all summer long. The Patriots are going to come down there. and that, First of all, they're going to be knocked around by the, by the humidity, humidity there. Secondly, you've got Rob Gronkowski. We'll see most, if there's humility on the other humility side. Humility there will be as well. Uh, you've got Rob Gronkowski, who's their, their, probably, you know, their biggest offensive weapon, who isn't 100%, who is going to play uh, limited snaps. And I think the Dolphins have, have done enough, um, especially with the way that they've changed their defense around, to, to I, I think they're going to find a way to stop Gronk when he's on the field. And they're going to come out and win the game. I absolutely could buy the Dolphins winning this game. The pass rush looks fierce. It, it will I be mean, fierce. I, I think it's a flawed defense. But if they apply pressure here, and you know Tom Brady isn't happen about Logan Mankins right. leaving. You wonder if that offensive line is ready to go, if the Dolphins really do bring it. Like you say, and that's a legitimate uh, consideration, is fatigue for the Patriots' offense. The thing on the other side is, though, the reason I ultimately went with the Patriots, Mm -hmm. this is about as bad a matchup as you could have if you're trying to turn the page for Mike Wallace. Let's start new. Let's pretend last year never happened, Mike Wallace. Oh yeah, but but uh, but do it against Darrell Revis. Yep. But I, I'm just I'm not concerned about that. If you saw the depth of the Dolphins receivers, I remember sitting here I think three years ago and we looked at the Dolphins receivers and it was Brian Hartline and a bunch of guys you'd mm-hmm. never heard. Remember the in fact it was the year that they were on Hard Knocks and Ocho Cinco was signed with them and then obviously was cut before the season began and they really started with no one on the mm-hmm. field. We, putting Wallace aside and, and obviously he's going to struggle against Revis. You've still got Hartline there. You've got the rookie Jarvis Landry. You've got Brandon Gibson who's coming off surgery, but proved to have a pretty good connection with, with Tannehill this time last year. 
You've got, you know, I, 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 Charles Clay, who's another weapon in that offense. You've suddenly got Sean Marino. I think one of the things they struggled with last year was having a, a running back who could block and, and protect Tannehill. I, I think all the pieces are there on offense. And I just think with Bill Lazor's offense, the, in the past, Bill Belichick, you know, being such a great coach, he knows what's coming and he's able to game plan and, and take things away. There is no, there's, there's nothing to, to know about Bill Lazor's offense yet. He hasn't seen anything. So if they're ever going to take them by surprise, and I can still remember fondly the day that It's true Belichick, if I can interrupt you. It's like a metaphor, a baseball metaphor is, you know, if uh, you call a kid up, who the league hasn't seen, right. whether he's a pitcher, then the batters are always fooled. Well, we've never seen him. We don't. Right. We have to get a book on him. You, we don't have. We Bill don't Lazer have book that Bill Lazor book exactly. Uh, and, and I still remember fondly the day that they unveiled the Wildcat offense on on oh, Belichick's right. Patriots, and obviously it's not going to be that. But I I can just see the Dolphins bring some some kind of wrinkle that that's going to help them beat the Patriots. My I only, believe. My only problem with the Dolphins really is just that there's no there's no unit that you look at on the position group that's outstanding. They're good in different spots, mm-hmm. but what what group on the Dolphins? So if we look at the Seahawks and Packers last night, you look at the Seahawks, you can instantly go to the secondary. Right. You can instantly go to the running game. Uh, with the Packers, you can go to the quarterback position. You know what what area on Miami think, can I you say? The, wow, that is a really they are really strong in that area. I right think there. the Dolphins' defensive line can match up with pretty much any in the league. I do. I think. I think when uh, it's in in uh, in passing situations for the opponent, I think they can bring. I think. I think they're going to be a good pass rush. I think Randy Starks was his re-signing with the Dolphins was one of the most important moves they made in the offseason. They signed Earl Mitchell from the Texans. They've got Cam Wake. They've got Olivier Vernon who came on a lot last season. I think they can get pressure against any team. I would. I I would argue that that's their best unit. I don't know that that's an outstanding unit. Well, we'll see. We'll find out on Sunday, Elliot. We will find out. All right. So there we go. We're through two picks now. Here's another AFC North game, and it's a really tough one to call. I think I uh, labored mentally on this one more than any other. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, the reigning champs of of the division, going into Baltimore to play the Ravens. How say you, handsome Hank? I'm going to take the Bengals. In this one. All right. Handsome. I mean, Elliot, do you wish to throw the red challenge flag or not? I, I do not. I, I totally agree. But, uh, <laughs> I, right. I, I think it's the Cincinnati Bengals myself. I, You know, I think what they're going to do is force Flacco to win the game on his own. And mm-hmm. Baltimore has a hard enough time blocking in the run game. Geno Atkins is back. Okay, it's Bernard Pierce in this right. game who was not outstanding last year. Coming and back I, from concussion, too. I, yeah. I, I, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. If, if somehow they aren't confident with him early in the game, if he looks dodgy or takes another shot, then really. I mean, but then again, I've been saying all offseason, I, I know that they have um, you know, Kubiak there, and he's a run-first guy, but the pieces suggest that they should be throwing it constantly. Sure, but... Okay, Torrey Smith's a little bit of a one-trick pony at this point. We don't know what Steve Smith's going to give them in year 14 for mm-hmm. him. Dennis Pitta, I think, is going to have a really great year for them, but I just don't know if they are strong enough to beat a team as talented as the Bengals on their passing game alone. you got to get something from the run game, something. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. All right, so there you go. You both take the Bengals. I, too, endorse the Bengals in this one. What ultimately broke the tie for me was, and I do think it is a factor in week one at least, that home field thing and the crowd's all jazzed up and optimism reigns supreme and the team is then emboldened by the 70,000 people who agree with them and all of that counts in the first week. But the Bengals, here's what the tiebreaker was. Gio Bernard, you watch. This is the start of a dyna- uh, of a 
dynamic season, sophomore year for Gio Bernard. I think he's going to blow up big this year. I wish I had him in more of my fantasy leagues. All right, so let's move on now to I'm scouring the games to see which one I like. Fair's fair, and I know that you picked this one, Elliot. I know what your pick is here, so I'll let you reiterate it. You gave your week one picks. They're available on NFL.com right now. But the San Francisco 49ers, and a renewal of one of the better – is it intra-division? I always – it's intermurals, right, or intramurals? In, no, it's inter-division. Inter. inter. So the 49ers at Dallas is an inter-division. Intra-conference, and in, inter-division. In, and intramurals, so when you're in college and you play flag football or whatever, that's intramurals. That's one of those ones I, I, I can't keep no. straight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, feel so bad. Well, it would be because intramurals so is playing the game against inter-conference your – Inter-conference is AFC versus inter. NFC. intra Conference would be within within. The conference. All right, so fair enough. I think we've gotten that cleared up now. Either way, one of the better interdivisional rivalries that it. the NFL has known, and it's not just Troy Aikman versus Steve Young, and it's not just even um, you know the catch era. People probably don't know way back when the Forty ers had the had Roger Staub back in the the Cowboys beat. In uh, when Candlestick had the artificial turf, which maybe they might need to consider at this point. How did they make this stadium? This this well, however much it costs to build this state of the art stadium, but the grass doesn't work. What does that mean that the grass doesn't work? <laughs> I don't get it. Like how does it the uh, it, it won't take on the field? That's that seems like a red flag. Speaking of red flags, all right. So go ahead, Elliot. The 49ers, one of the true contenders of the, at least the last. Uh, the last three seasons going into woeful Dallas, this seems like a gimme for the 49ers. How say you? Yeah, and, and just what you were saying, we just saw Mike Nolan on, on Hard Knocks. His dad, Dick Nolan, was the coach of the 49ers. The Cowboys beat him three straight years in the early 70s. So the catch was actually a revenge game for the 49ers. Then ultimately, the Cowboys championships became a revenge game for the catch. But the I have, I, I'm not supposed to explain my pick, so the Cowboys win at home. Upset. Elliot. I mean, uh, handsome. How say you? Well, Dave, um, judging from the fact that I have my my um, third child in the summer, I, I do have a problem <laughs> keep, keeping it in my pants, and I'm going to have to. I'm, I'm Here have it comes! To, uh, He's throwing it again. I'm going to have to take it out again. Woo! I am throwing that red flag. I'm giving this victory to the San Francisco 49ers. Drama. See, Elliot, do you see when you disagree? There's conflict. there's conflict. Now there's something for us to talk about here. <laughs> Terrific, handsome. Explain yourself. Why are you taking the 49ers? Their defense is in ruins. Well, if you want to see a defense in ruins, look no further than the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I whose defense that. is is like like Roman ruins it destroyed a once great and proud your um, first joke was better doomsday indeed no Dooms- but that was very right. good though thank you um i i just i can't see the cowboys defense stopping anything that the 49ers are going to do in offense now look i i think it's going to be a, it's going to be an exciting game to watch i would advise people to tune into this one cuz there's going to be a lot of points scored but in the end i think the 49ers will come out on top yeah, because both they're going to get in the 30s in this right, one they right? they're going to stop the cowboys more times than the cowboys are going to stop I got the 49ers it. I'll, all i'll say here is that the 49ers have i believe seven new starters on defense okay they they are They've got major problems there. They're not going to be the same unit they were before. They're missing Alden Smith. They're missing Navarro Bowman. Their offense has been sputtering in the preseason. So did, so they're going into Dallas against, sure, a defense that's terrible. But if that offense sputters again because of you know just poor execution, Dallas is a proven commodity on offense. They were fifth in the league in points scored last year. They can't afford to get into a track meet 
with Dallas. They just can't afford right. to do it. That's that's what. And I, Dallas is at home. I think the other thing they can do though is they can you know if if it comes to it and the 49ers, I remember this time last year actually the start of the season their offense Colin Kaepernick kind of started slow and I think they tried to make him into more of a pocket passer. Yes. Uh, the one thing that the 49ers can do, if Frank Gore is still the same guy that he was, that he's been all the way through his career up until now, and if Carlos Hyde, if that's a that's a thing they want to do, they can control the ball, they can control mm-hmm. the clock, they can keep Romo off the field as well as scoring when when their offense is on the field. Yeah, if they don't get pressure on Romo, they're they're in trouble. Well, and it's one of those things that you know you always hear about. Uh, you know, I, I said AFC North will return collectively to being more defensive. But that thing, it's so long ago that the Ravens and Steelers were these really dominant defenses, and yet that has not stopped analysts for a half dozen years from saying, oh, two of the best defenses in the right. league. Oh, when you have to go up against the Steelers' defense, it's a fear. Well, it hasn't been good in a, in a while, and yet people keep saying that. Same now goes for the 49ers. I think people just think it's, a, well, they're going to put that uniform on, right? So then they, well, they got to be good at defense because they always are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the defense is going to stink. And you talk about specifically, when you take away the pass rush from them, their back end is is uh, right. specious. Their corners are very dicey back there. I think Des Bryant's going to have a huge game. That's one thing I will certainly uh, predict. But I say the 49ers ultimately are going to pull it out because of exactly what you said, Handsome. I think Frank Gore and Carlos Hyde will, will be able to gash him a little bit. The thing that was fascinating to watch on Thursday night was Percy Harvin. This is an old, Ugh, I mean, the, an Harvin. easy prediction. But you just see, when you have a guy like that, what the, 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 the nightmare he presents. I said, in fact, before the game, when we were making fantasy assertions uh, and predictions, I said, I don't think necessarily Percy Harvin in the game against the Packers or in any other is going to be a fantasy monster. But the distraction he provides benefits the offense overall. I mean, it, it just – the distraction, it's sort of like, you know, you always hear about uh, um, that with other tight like Rob Gronkowski, a special kind of a tight end like that, that the focus you have to – but I think a lot of teams, it feels like, in the copycat league – are trying to find out who that guy that is. Piece. You know, John Brown in Arizona, Dre Archer in Pittsburgh, these kind of guys. Dexter McCluster. Yeah. Well, Dexter McCluster was the Should forefather, was guy. supposed to be that, but never has never, been that. Never happened. But, but right, that kind of uh, hybrid, uh, small, speedy fella who you can't account for you know, what he's going to do. I was trying to think, Dave, of a guy like Percy Harvin last night, a guy that you'll give three or four carries, good kick returner, obviously a good receiver. And the only guy I could come up with is Eric Metcalf. To me, mm, that's a good the, one. Yeah, he is the Eric Metcalf, Eric Metcalf of today's NFL. How about this one? Here, you know who uh, who it is? James Brooks of the uh, San James Diego Brooks Chargers and Cincinnati Bengals so in the eighties. Yeah, that very was, underrated guy. Yeah, that's right. He was really terrific and and uh, and was a nightmare to try and handle and opens things up for uh, everybody else out on the field. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, so I'll take the 49ers there, and I like the Heat there. And now we move on to the Sunday night tilt in uh, in Denver last year. In prime time, the defending champion Ravens went in there. Peyton Manning threw seven touchdown passes against them, which is still hard to fathom. That seven really is, touchdown passes is crazy. This time, shootout, shootout, shootout. Indianapolis Colts at the Broncos, and that means, handsome, you go first. I am taking the Denver Broncos to win this game. All right. Well, clearly, I, I given your last intro about having a problem with 
keeping something in your pants. Clearly, I, I have no social life because I'm not. I'm just keeping everything. Oh, you know, <laughs> now you go too far. Uh, I, go too, <laughs> I just, I merely I'm, hinted at it. I'm going. I'm going to Denver as well. I, I just don't see any way Indianapolis goes into wins. I will say that I don't think the Broncos' defense is going to be great right off the bat. You put a, a bunch of free agents and new faces mm-hmm. together. It doesn't always gel. I think this has the makings of Week One's biggest track meet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Peyton Manning through his career has proved he kind of holds on to things a lot. And I think the the, the like a loss, hoarder or holds grudges. Not not a hoarder. Oh. He's the not, he doesn't live in a house full of boxes and cats. No, the latter. He I think he was pretty embarrassed by what what went down in Indy last season. Right. And I think he will be looking for And also New York in February. Well, Putting that aside, I'm, I'm sure that that's going to be something that he's holding on to all season. But I, I think that he's going to come out and he's going to um, he's going to have been thinking about this game for a while. Yeah, um, I'll take the Broncos at home and you know prime time and mm-hmm. uh, you know all that stuff. But I think first of all, as I've said, I think the Colts are going to get the number one seed because of their schedule, their division. Um, and the rest of it, even though I don't think they're going to have a special defense, obviously, or they're going to be mediocre at best defensively. They have no running game, but I just think that the the pieces that they have on offense or in the passing game are better than even Denver has now. That's, about what, that's even before the Wes Welker Jazz. And what about really? That? You, you believe that 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 who would you rather have? Elliot, think about that. I mean, you know, not not just looking at the numbers that they put mm-hmm. up in the yeah, yeah. all-time offensive year, but who would you rather have? Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, and at this point, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather have what uh, what Luck's going to be a throwing hobbled to? hobbled Reggie Wayne. We don't know if he's hobbled. I don't think he's going to be hobbled. T.Y. Hilton, Hakeem Nix, Dwayne Allen, and Kobe Fleener. Who would you rather have? Mm. I'd rather have what the Broncos have. I would, too. And with Monty Ball as well. I mean, there, there, is no, there isn't anything in the, sitting in the Colts' backfield where you're like, oh, and we've got to account for that. Now, we don't know well, enough about Monty Ball yet, breaker, but right. but no, I'm, I'm not sure that I would uh, I'd take the Colts' um, receivers. All right, so we all agree then on the Broncos, although if the Colts steal that one, then I will triple down or quadruple down or whatever on my pick of the Colts to be number one seed because if they can go into Denver, that's – their toughest game of the whole season. True. The The issue could be that for them that if they get exposed against the Broncos and, and Peyton Manning shows how you beat the Colts, some of the teams that you might be expecting the Colts to beat might suddenly have a blueprint for, okay, this is, this is a, at I least just don't buy, in you know, principle the, how the we can do it. The thing that sounds good is this is the most complete football team in the National Football League, that kind of stuff. I just don't I'll think like it, how you change your voice for that. Yeah. Yeah, who says that? Who is yeah. that person? Blowhards. Okay. That's who I'm trying to do. Because you're to... not a blowhard at all. How dare you, sir? I'm not some curmudgeonly blowhard. What is that? What exactly is meant by that? How am I a blowhard? I would just like to point out, though, that you guys are comparing the Broncos and Colts weapons, and I'm in a dynasty draft. Hold on. And Demarius Thomas went super high, but is that a good pick? Because what happens when Peyton Manning retires in a year? Brock Osweiler. Is is that is he going to be able to deliver the ball cannons, to, to, yeah. to whereas if you well t- he'll be able I to took, get it the ball to him more than fifteen yards down the field. Okay, but here's the thing: I took T. Y. Hilton three rounds later. T. Y. Hilton's young. Andrew Luck's young. They're going to be playing together a long time. Smart cap, just Very interesting. Good. Very good. I I want to go back to this blowhard business. Where did <laughs> I apologize. That, that came out of left field. This is a this is a podcast that has his name on. Am the front. I a blowhard, handsome Hank? 
I mean, I don't know. I, you, what I, does that mean even? What's, what's the definition? I don't right. even know I how you know define blowhard. Exactly. I don't know what the definition I'd have to look up the definition of blowhard, Dave. I know the truth. I know that much. Right. The truth. And that's what I say. Unfiltered. You know? No jive. Mm-hmm. You know the rule here. You know yep. the rule here in Studio 66. That's all I do. I think you if do that's blowing hard, then, I don't, then, then I'll keep it up. I'll not blow easy. Now, now I'm off my game. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that. Now we've got to finish it up, and let's go to Monday night here. We won't uh, bother with the Giants at the Lions. I think the Gi- if the Lions don't whip them by at least double digits, I feel like that's a, a, a failure on their part. I th- that says a lot about the Giants, though, doesn't it? I mean, that's a clean sweep as far as we're concerned and fans are concerned in, in NFL.com's pick'em game that you can play and play against us at NFL.com's slash pick'em. I wanted to say it. So how do you get to that, Ansem? How do you – you... What I would do is I would type into, the, um, into my browser, NFL.com, then the slash sign and pick M. Pick and then E-M. E-M, okay, so uh, pick and then em, pick so em. slash pick em. And then what you can do is you can go in there, you can make your own picks, and then you can join a group. And there's, I believe um, producer uh, Black Tie has set up a, a DDFP uh, group that you I'm can join. Yes. I'm in it too. And you can play against us um, right now. Yeah, uh, to, to do it. Oh, and Black Tie's out, one. though. Of course, he's on vacation. It's yeah. uh, it's football season, so of course, of course he has to take a vacation. And, and Dan Fouts is producing us today. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Fouts tie yeah. behind the glass there. His uh, a Hall of Famer. His virgin run there behind the glass, bearded up there. I don't mind telling him he's, he's sitting there. You know, you know. I say no jive. Uh, you know, Fouts uh, been living on the road a little bit, <laughs> stopping through some of those uh, drive-throughs a little bit there. You know, wow, not, not exactly in that game shape. Not, wow. <laughs> That is that that is blowing hard. That's not blow hard. That's wow. that's that's taking a pot shot at somebody who didn't deserve it. Fouts tie. What do you think about that? Am I a blow hard? I mean, after that comment, I'm going to have to say yeah. No, you can say I'm a jerk, but that's different. <laughs> that doesn't make me a blow hard. I don't think you're a blow hard. I don't think you are. I think thank you're, you. I, who is a blow hard? Oh. I'll tell you who. There's somebody in inside Studio 66 right now who is, and his name ain't Dave Damashek. And he doesn't talk with a silly accent. Well, he does talk with a silly accent, but it, but it's one that hails from within our borders. And he sounds kind of like this. <laughs> that really hurts. I don't think he's a blowhard. I don't, I don't, I don't know. To be on the clock here, you know what guys. was the greatest? You know, the, well, now here's what here's what was blowing hard. <laughs> My favorite thing of the summer, and maybe you're just now rejoining the Dave Damashek football program after spending your summer away from football talk and the other hooey and applesauce that we delve into. We had Mike Singletary, Hall of Famer in here, the middle linebacker of the 85 Bears. Elliot Harrison used that opportunity to tell Mike Singletary why the 46 defense worked. <laughs> hey, bud, let me tell you why the 46 defense works. Like, oh. All right. <laughs> All right. Like Singletary. I, thought, I think I know already. It, scratching his head over there. that for years. Like, I was why, kind of there, so all... I know. That was a little bit of a exaggeration. I was explaining to you I why see. it worked. Uh, but that's okay. In front of him? In front of him. Yeah, exactly. All right. So now let's go to uh, to the team that I am picking. My boldest of bold predictions, save possibly me saying Jay Cutler is going to be the NFL MVP this year. By the way, I noticed that uh, one Michael Irvin decided to uh, Same thing. to get in line with me on that one. Yeah, he said Jay Cutler You guys well hang out day. a lot, so it's no surprise. San Diego Chargers are going to win the AFC West. I've said it, I've said it, and I'll say it again now. Chargers, AFC West champions at the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of high hopes for both these teams. I think legitimately... 
although the last month has not treated the Cardinals very well. The football gods right. have smote them uh, a few times over now. So with that as the backdrop, Elliot Harrison, Chargers at Cardinals. How say you? Uh, I have the Chargers, and, and this has nothing to do with Ellington's injury, although I think that's important. I just think San Diego's a better team right now. I like them on the road, Hank. Uh, I, uh, the shine's off the Cardinals right now. It's funny, like in, in <laughs> March or April, we all talked about, wow, you know, dark horse team, the Cardinals. Now when you look at the Cardinals, for everything that's happened in between, they've lost pieces on defense. I, there's... I don't think they're half the team that we expect. They will be half the team we expected them to be. And I'm not going to throw my red yeah, challenge flag. You would have busted me for that. You, you're supposed to, for, to create drama. You're he threw to it say, twice, I've Elliot. Thrown it you twice. threw it zero. How many, how many flags did you get I'm gonna out give, of I'm going to give Elliot one more chance to do it. Yeah, I think it's the Chargers. Although, you know, at home and it's mm-hmm. a special season for Arizona because the, it ends with the Super Bowl and, and all of that. Let me see here. Handsome showing me some picks here. What game do you want to see? Tennessee at KC. You think that's a good one? All right. I was I was going to go with the with the uh, NFC South tilt. New Orleans at Atlanta, but we're all going to take the Saints. Right. Am I right? Mm-hmm. That that's uh, that that's yes. the case. I will say, by the way, I've been knocking hard knocks for the last month, but the finale episode, as it usually is, is the strongest one. Great. The cuts, the cuts episode. It's always a hard people who knock hard knocks like. All right, good. Well, well done to you. It wasn't as good as something, it was. something else that happened before, but it's still the best show on Because it set the bar so high. I know, but it will, But your value, I'm not talking about the enjoyment fact. Well, yeah, I mean, they were charisma challenged as a, as a group. Ah, they were, but, I mean, who cares? You get to see these, these players. In the it. receivers group is clearly, if you have to hang out with one position group from the Falcons, it is clearly the receivers you want to hang out with. Unless it's with Brian Cox's gang. If yeah. you just get to smoke cigars with him at night. I don't necessarily agree on the receivers, actually. Really? Harry Douglas was the, Harry was Douglas the breakout star to me. Roddy White, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed his presence in when he came and visited us in Studio 66 mm-hmm. uh, about a year and a half ago. But I, I found him a little... Um, Aware of the cameras? Yeah. Performing he was, he was, to he the was cameras? He was performing a little bit too much. That's I how I felt about show. Brian Cox. Oh, no. Coxie was just being Coxie. <laughs> Coxie. Um yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but uh but either way, yes. Um I thought Harry Douglas was funny and I thought the last episode was good and Mike Smith seemed pretty human and all that right. kind of stuff. Although uh Dimitrov kinda looks like with his hair and the way oh, he dresses a... and everything, he Yes. He's there was funny. a great it, moment. Um, he, I think... was, he might have been in Devo in 1980. Right. I don't know. If but one of the Hardy his... Boys was Metro. There was, there was... <laughs> <laughs> there was a that great moment. That nails it. Well played, sir. You know how they have the cameras placed in different places? Obviously not a cameraman there. <laughs> Hardy and, Boys. And there was a great moment at the start of, I think it was the second episode, where Mike Smith is sitting there and the camera is over Dimitrov's head, but you don't realize it at the beginning. And Mike Mike Smith is talking to a player, but it looks like there's a dog sitting on his lap. And it, it took me about ten seconds. I was like, "What is? Well, he's got a dog on his lap while he's talking to." And it's it's Dimitrov's hair. The where where Dimitrov was sitting, he, he was just out of view, but just his hair was in view, and it looked like there was a, a kind of scruffy terrier sitting on on Mike Smith's lap. <laughs> what, what do you, what do you guys think? And I, I kept thinking this. Uh, the whole time I watched Hard Knocks, uh, Mike Smith as a head coach is really interesting to me because I don't think he's ever really circled in the really great head coach, you know, group. 
But I don't think anyone really thinks he's on the hot seat right. this year either. Oh, because he's John, I do. I, I, I think he almost feel, lost his job last year. You feel that way? I don't feel that way. I, I, I feel like he really is the definition of the middle of the pack. Mm. And, and it's you could make a case either way. You think he's on the hot seat. But when I said that, you kind of looked like you agreed no, with me. No, I was going to say, I think of him, him and John Fox are, are like the same guy in terms of just kind of, you know, middle to high end oh, coaches. Oh, I don't agree that, with that. Having really? met them both, they're, they're different personalities. Different personalities, but neither of them is going to be remembered. I mean, like when, you know, five, ten years down the line, neither of these guys, are, despite the fact that they both have coached pretty good teams through their career, obviously with the exception of last year um, with Smith and, and a Panthers team that was pretty terrible a couple of years ago um, for John Fox, they're, they're not going to be guys that we remember like, oh, I wonder what happened to They're George Seaford. They're those type of guys. Yeah, I agree with you. Except I, I agree with Seifert and Mike Smith. I don't. I don't include John Fox in really? that. Really, just sort of the potty mouth guy, likes a you know good time guy, sort of. But then also cuts the figure of hard boiled when the time is right for that. Um, yeah, he's. In fact, I said to him, um, I remember going. He used to be the pit. Uh, what was he? The, what position coach was he way back when? Um, in the mid '80s. And I was talking to him about that, and I said it was. I, I said my mother covered my ears because of the language you were using um, at pit practice, and, he, and and I talked to him for about fifteen minutes or so, and he got up and started to walk away, and he turned back and said, "Oh, do me a favor, please apologize to your mother about my language back then." <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. He meant it as a joke. It wasn't, uh, but I thought that was uh, that was really great. But Smith, yeah, he just feel. Vanilla, you know, I just yeah. uh, and I think I and I disagree with you. If they go seven and nine or worse, I think he's gone. They're well, not they're not going to stand by two straight seasons like this. I, I I have a hard time believing that because I know that franchise history so well. Before he got on board, I mean, they'd never even had a back to back winning seasons. They've been in the league since '66. I mean, to let him go after two years, I mean, that would have been like the Steelers letting Cower go after '99. And then they had another middling season in 2000, and then 2001 was when they made the AFC Championship. But you recall, uh, they lost the, the championship in 97 to Denver. 98, they didn't make the playoffs. 99, they didn't make the playoffs. 2000, they didn't make the playoffs. They hung on, and, and Cowher won the Super Bowl in 05. But I, but I think what's changed. But that was, pretty, that was pretty close. That was dodgy, and that's the Steelers who don't. Who are, right. who don't who are do rarely that. inclined to fire. But I think what's changed as well is the, is the kind of feeling that you have to maximize the time you have a franchise-type quarterback, and, and Matt Ryan is clearly viewed as that. And I, I think... And Julio Jones and, Julio and Roddy Jones White and winding Roddy White. Down. Eventually, you have right. to break that gang up. And so I think they, they're going to need to find a... Co- if the, if it doesn't happen this year, they may think we need to find the guy who's going to maximize the potential we have here. Yeah, they better break through, They better get back into the playoff mix at least. I right. think they need a minimum 8-8 eight and eight or even better than that yeah. for Smith to keep his gig. So, all right, so we go Chargers. All right, let's do it, Handsome. You want to do your game? We'll do the Titans at the Chiefs. Of all the games out there, that might be the one... Which one will have the fewest people looking at it? It's the ultimate week one game, isn't it? It's like you don't really know what you're going to get out of either of these This teams. is what they should – but this is what every week one game should be. Right. It's not a divisional game. They shouldn't feel like, oh, this is the greatest. I can't wait to see these two teams play one another. No, not in week one. Alabama's playing. I don't know what bum team this weekend. I know they had a halfway decent West Virginia game. But these teams, they start with junk. Because they need to in college. They, they have a warm-up game. Then Michigan played App State last week so they could get ready for Notre Dame. You understand? Right. Now, that, that, that tripped them up about 10 years ago when they did that, mm-hmm. and they lost to App State. But the, the point is, 
all the games should just be they shouldn't be good ones this well, is Dave, wasting we, let's let's try not to sell any of these games as not being good that, listen we're all gonna watch that's the point we're, we're all gonna be in front of the tv watching every second of these games it doesn't matter we don't need good games they just have to be meaningful games. i'm letting okay. you guys argue Go I'm, gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take i'm gonna take Go the, i'm gonna take the kansas city chiefs in this game elliot <laughs> i know where you are because I'm going to throw the red challenge flag. What? You? Yeah, we did it. I couldn't he even say it, it cleanly. He threw it, I think finally. I threw it. What did I throw it twice all last year? I don't even remember. We agreed on almost every pick last yeah. year. You're, I, you're, you just fall under the spell of Handsome's uh, charisma, and you just go with whatever he says. That's I, I do like his Drakkar. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I like the Titans in this game. I, I do, do too, because actually. because I love what Ken Wisenhunt did for the Chargers offense last year. Philip Rivers, comeback player of the year. Ryan Matthews, twelve fifty five on the ground. Danny Woodhead caught what seventy balls out of the backfield. Uh, I just feel like the way I saw Locker play in the preseason, I don't feel like the issue people have had with Locker is that he's a poor player. I think it's just been staying healthy. Right. Okay, so if we're taking him for one game... And he's inaccurate, and, but I don't think that that's the end of the world with some guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that every court... I mean, is Colin Kaepernick the most accurate passer? Cam Newton, in, in Ben Roethlisberger, no. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, to me, if Locker plays the kind of game where he goes, say, 20 of 28 or 20 of 29, something like that, for 250, a touchdown and no picks, and maybe get you 35 yards rushing out of the pocket, maybe 45 yards, mm-hmm. I think they win the game. Uh, Kansas City right now, they can't do anything offensively. Their offensive line is not playing well. Who do they have outside that threatens you at all in the in the passing game? Zero. And, and how about who's playing corner? You know, I mean, I know you're going to say Sean Smith, but really – their, their secondary has some major woes. I think Kendall Wright could be a matchup problem for any one of their guys. That's yeah. right. I, I In it's, fact, it's, it's, I, I ranked – I'll share it with you now. Um, I'm going to post this on uh, NFL.com slash Sheck in a, a little while here, my week one spoiler alert picks, and then by, I laid out the seeds in both conferences and all the, the awards. I know we've done that, but I'll put it out anyway. But I also list the – 2015 NFL draft order, the top five. Here's what it is. Give me a drum roll there, uh, uh, Fouts tie. At number one, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I've been saying that. They're going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Then number two, the Raiders. Three, the Giants. Four, the Dolphins. And five, I have the Chiefs. I put the Chiefs in there, although this Doug Marone noise of uh, that he didn't Pretty want. Pretty weird, huh? That they, he didn't want them to, to sign Kyle Orton is uh, – that's a red flag, I would say that he's that he's shouting at the front office guys is the is the rumor he denies it, but then there's photographs of him doing it. It all sounds terrible for an organization that needs to get off to a good start. Um, so, I, so the Bills might sneak in there, and so too might the Browns. But if I'm right, Cowboys, Raiders, Giants, no Dolphins, way on Chiefs, the Cowboys. Five no of the all time the greats. There's no way on the Cowboys. Why? Because I was talking with Willie. I, I, this doesn't trump you just because they played football. Yeah, but I'm, I'm about to get a name drop. That's right. I'm, a, a Willie double, McCovey. A double. Willie Not Mays. Wi- no. Willie, no. Keep going. Yeah. Willie McGinnis and, uh, and Heath Evans. I was kibitzing with them. And they, I, I said, the Cowboys, to me, are going to be the worst team this year. And Heath said, you know, I was going over their schedule. It's hard to find three wins on it this year. Oh, well, False. that's it. If he says it, then, then I that's know what's it happening. doesn't make. I'm, he's False. A, he's a reasonable False. voice, though, isn't he? How about he? I give you five right now? All right, go ahead. Okay, they're going to easily split with Washington. They're easily going to split with the, the Giants. Giants. There, there's two right there. They play Jacksonville. How about three? 
Uh, they play Tennessee. I don't eh, hand them Jacksonville. Eh, I think okay, Jacksonville it's in London. Fine. fine. Uh, they play Houston. Uh, there's four potentially right there. And every year, I mean, they, the Eagles and Cowboys, I mean, they could easily get a win there. You've got the whole rest of the schedule. I just gave you four right off the top of my head without looking at their I schedule know, but or you, anything. I know, but you deployed the adverb easily as though then by using it, all right. it, it then makes <laughs> all right. it so. Should, should we, it all right. I, I wasn't duped do, by you using the adverb. Do we it? want to pull up their schedule? No, I'm just making the point all that right. I think they're going to be really, really bad. All right, but check this out, man. They scored. They were the fifth highest scoring team in football. If you score 26 to 30 points a game, there's no way you're only going to win two games. There's no way. I don't care how bad your defense is. Because just just by sheer mathematics, if you look at the teams that have ever finished 2-14 and 14 or 3-13, or and 13, none of them were ever the kind of team that could score 20 points Well, then who, who do you have? Who's the worst team in football by record when it's all done? When it's all said and done this year, I, I really think the Raiders are probably going to be it. I, I kind of think Derek Carr but I don't will think... be enough of a revelation that it's not going to carry them for 16 weeks. But I do think there will be a little boost and, and uh, they'll steal a couple of games. Plus, those pieces are old that they have on defense. And I think MJD is one of those guys who you're sort of like, ugh, I can't consider drafting him for my uh, fantasy league. But I think that we'll kind of look back and say, like, oh, yeah, of course he was going to be dependable. As long as he's reasonably healthy, he's going to put up some numbers. I think they're, they're not going to be atrocious, especially if the Chiefs come back a little bit, as, as we're predicting them to do. Then, then that means maybe a victory or even two there. Yeah, I hear you on the Raiders. I think the Giants are going to be a bum team, too. Anyway, yes. uh, handsome. I think it'll be the Raiders as well. Do you? All right. Yeah, so, I, I, I think it's ridiculous to involve the Dolphins in that. I'm going to throw one more and then shame the devil. That's the last uh, game we're picking in the Red Challenge flag segment here. It is, you mentioned RG3, and it's an intriguing one to me. I don't know what to make of the Texans. You say, well, I think the, the Cowboys will beat the Texans. I don't know. They might be a good team this year, the Texans. They might, especially this Ryan Mallett thing. I've been saying it for eight months now or 12 months, and I I'm, I'm, continue to be intrigued by what he might be. The Redskins at the Texans, EH, how say you? I've got the Washington Redskins on the road. I, I know RG3. Not up! Oh, that's right. I'm not supposed to. He's got RG3 and the Redskins on the road. The J- the dawn of the Jay Gruden era. It starts in Houston, Texas. Handsome Hank, how say you? I think I had, I mean, if this game was being played in a few weeks' time, I might be more inclined to take the Texans in Houston, but... Because of uh, where we're playing it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Redskins as well. I don't what, like. No, it's in Houston. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm still. I, if if it was if it was oh, in a where few weeks we're playing time it on Houston, the calendar, I got you. Where, where we're exactly, but um, but no, I think I think the Redskins probably right now are a better team than the Texans. But I, like like I think I agree with you. I don't know that the Texans now are going to be what they're going to be six eight weeks into the season. I, I'm not sure that Ryan Fitzgerald is going to be the sorry Ryan Fitzpatrick is the is the answer. In Houston, and but I'm also not sure that Ryan Mallett is the answer either. I just, you know, Brian Cushing's coming back, and everybody's buzzing about Clowney, and J.J. Watt's the best defensive player in the NFL, and Andre Johnson's going to the Hall of Fame, and DeAndre Hopkins looked really good before he started uh, having recurring injuries in his rookie season. I like, I just think they have some uh, some high-end pieces there, and if Arian Foster bounces back, they're just plumb better than the Redskins are top to bottom. Um, and on and at home should be rowdy. Like I say, that always is meaningful in week one. 
Maybe RG3 gets off to a slow start. I don't know. I, 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 it I, could I, happen. I'm taking the Texans it's in that another, one, but it's, it's a tough call. That's it's another one of those good week one matchups. We Real just don't quick, know what to expect. I'll blow through my picks for you. Eagles whip the Jags. Steelers over the Browns. Vikings on the road. Go into St. Louis and win that one. Patriots by a whisker in uh, in Miami. I'm taking the Jets at home over the Raiders. The tight, now what good matchup to them too. That uh, with their secondary influx, that they get uh, the Raiders and a rookie QB coming in there for Week One. Titans at the Chiefs. I'll take the Titans. The Bengals. I say Geo Bernard and company get it done in Baltimore. The Saints dash the uh, the the hopes for a turnaround in 2014 for the Falcons. Right in Week One, I'll take the Texans over the Redskins. Bears at home against the Bills. Although it'll be a little bit closer than people think. Buccaneers at home will uh, beat the Panthers. Agreed. We don't know what Cam Newton's going to do there, what how he's going to look if he is out on the field. 49ers over the Cowboys for me. I agree that that's a close game though. I could I w- that would not be a jaw dropper. Even though I say Cowboys are the are, are going to be the worst record in, of the season, I could see that uh, the 49ers are just a mess internally. They must be scratching their heads right now. Like, uh, what 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 are we going to do on defense? What are we going to look like? They don't know until they get out there. Um, I'll take the Broncos at home, the Lions to whip the Giants and the Chargers to beat the Cardinals. So there you have it, fellas. The most important thing is we made it. Football season's back. Win or lose, it really, you know, for a a fan of a team for a lifetime, like I am with the Steelers, if they lose in week one at home to the Browns, I almost want it that way. It's the equivalent of the quick uh, Band-Aid ripoff versus the slow one. Mm. Just as when they lost to the Titans at home last year, I knew it was over, and I could just sort of objectively enjoy the rest of the season, and I didn't have to devote three and a half hours each week to rooting for a team. I could just sort of sit back and look at the whole thing. Well, I mean, I, I look at the whole thing, but when the Steelers are good, then I do have to devote a certain amount of energy mm-hmm. each week to watching that game. This, I, I, I felt no pressure to do so last year. I knew what where, where things were going. That's sad. I hope no one listening feels that with their team, after, even after week one. Even if things go horribly wrong. I will wrong. say Packers fans should. happen for anyone. If they lose at home to the Browns, that's, that's bad. Yep. If the Packers yep. lose in Seattle in week one, People are making way too big a deal out of that. They're, they're, I mean, they, they are flawed, no doubt, but they have been flawed for the last six years, and they make the playoffs and win that division just about the every The problem is years. they can't do anything, I don't think, outside of the NFC North. I mean, right. is Green Bay built to win games in the NFC playoffs? Can they get out of the divisional round? Maybe. Work in progress. Young there, secondary. There's two sides to it. I think there's two sides to that story, though. I, I, I wouldn't despair if you're a Packers fan. But if you are a Seahawks fan or if you're a fan of the other 31 teams in the league, you've got to be scratching your head thinking, how do we beat these guys? Yeah, I agree with that. But the Packers, I feel like, you know, they, they were yeah, they'll, thrown they'll, to the wolves. Right. They'll, and, they'll, they'll turn it around. And they are maybe a bad matchup. Well, not maybe. They clearly don't match up right. very well with those Seahawks. But, you know, I wonder if things – now everybody has, has assumed that, that this is what people do when they have one game, one sample size, uh, a, a tiny sample size to go off of. Now it's a foregone conclusion that the Seahawks aren't just going to win the division, but clearly they have to be the number one seed. And so if they meet again in the playoffs, well, then by definition, it's going to be in Seattle, not in Green Bay. But if it does break in such a way that the Seahawks had to go into Lambeau in, and it was cold outside and all that, would, you, would it be a stunner to say? There's so, point is, it, look, 
we, we have 17 weeks, everybody. There's a lot of time left. There's no reason to get crazy about what's going to be. Dayton Jones is young. Haha, Clinton Dix. Young secondary in general. Offensive line, a question mark. Jared Boykin. You know, well, there, there are things that have to work themselves out still in, in Green Bay. The, the, let's not uh, get too doom and gloom about that team. Now, I will get doom and gloom if the Steelers can't beat the bum Browns. Please. It's a, they, they always beat wow. the Browns in Pittsburgh. I won't stand for it. I'm looking uh, at a picture of Hank in his Marino jersey. This is as homer as it gets right here. Oh, handsome. Which reminds me, I need to circle back. You asked about the top five quarterbacks. I went back and checked because oh, yeah. I was just thinking off the top of my head. Marino did make that. Marino was ahead of Stallback on my list, but both of them were ahead of Elway. I, you're, you're, hmm. You've always been sort of down on Elway. You're, you're, I, I can even quote you. Uh, I believe, or come pretty close to it. You say, like, the reason Elway always comes, uh, has all those uh, comebacks in the last two minutes, all those exciting, fantastic finishes, is because he threw two picks in the first half and got his team behind. <laughs> that is what you say. Yeah. That's a great impression. We could probably pull that out. That's When people yeah. can quote you like that, that might mean that you're a blowhard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, you started it. Don't come at me with this blowhard jazz. Right, Fouts, uh, Ty? Did you enjoy the show today, Fouts Tie? I did enjoy the show. Are you going to mix yourself in here into the rotation with Black Tie as the season goes along here? I believe uh, I am. I believe I'm going to be doing the little video podcasting for oh, us. Oh, that's coming up here from Studio 66. We're going to be providing you with the video of this exhilarating can we get- stuff. If you, can, if you think it's exciting listening to these two go back and forth with their picks, <laughs> wait till you see the video of it. Can we uh, get Fouts Tie's upset pick of the week? Yes, I yeah, would love that. Yeah, let's get that. Uh, the upset pick of the week. I'm going to have to go with my Giants oh, over no. the Lions. You poor thing. I know. You're a Giants. Can, can that happen? Rough. Can that happen in yeah. Detroit? I, I don't I don't see it. I see Detroit winning 24-14 with the way that Giants no, offense it, it is playing. No, it can't. I agree. But it can, it, that it can't happen except for, and this means this is pretty meaningless in the in the big picture, but the, the, the Tom Coughlin thing of being terrible one season and then bringing his team back is something that yeah I guess have to uh, acknowledge but I would be I would be positively stunned if they went into Detroit on Monday night. Maybe they've won. been toying with us through the entire preseason with and how bad in that 2013. offense was. And, and in 2013, also, like, exactly. ha ha, this is we all set you up, up America. Eli threw those 27 to dupe you. Yes, I honestly don't think it's going to happen. I'm just trying to be a homer. I was just uh, about to ask you if you what, well, that what doesn't your team count. Is I know. Okay, so I'll pick a real game here. I'll pick a real game. Um, I I probably. It's hard, but maybe I think the Dolphins over the the Patriots. I like that. All right, I I, I really looking at all the games. I can absolutely see that one. I'm not picking it, but uh, I think that one's going to be pretty close. Um, all right, listen. How do we feel about the first edition of the Red Challenge flag? I thought it was uh, it was exhilarating. I, I felt it was feisty. Yeah, I, I did too, Elliot. I mean, for I know I was a little split splintered. attention. I was splintered. I, I'm in my dynasty draft. I'm in round. Uh, I'm about. No to one go. cares, Elliot. My pick is coming up. <laughs> really, all the people are listening are like, I don't care. I got I'll take- to beat Fabiano. <laughs> Fabiano. I got to beat that one. I've got to beat that fella. Big New York City slickster. I'm t- about to take Dwayne Allen, I think. Dwayne Allen? Yeah. That's not bad. That's a little Gets sleeper healthy, guy. healthy, be good, yeah. Marcus Wheaton? How about that? Marcus Wheaton went off the board already. i tell you what, Hank, and I, I see what you think Jarvis about Juice this. Jarvis Juice Landry, if you want to be good. i tell you what. We were talking about Mike Smith, and we were talking about where these coaches stack up. The one guy who I think really has an opportunity to be 
kind of legendary status 20 years ago or 20 years from now that isn't talked about in those kind of tones is Sean Payton. Oh, I think Sean Payton I'd... could could end up being one of the great coaches mm-hmm. of all time. He's young enough to still keep coaching. I mean, how much longer is Bill Belichick going to keep coaching? I think the Saints have as good a shot as anybody does to win the Super Bowl this year. And he's already won one. His first year in New Orleans, they went to the NFC Championship game. I just think – and look what they did when he wasn't there. They went 7-9. Yeah, well, and that's – And then he a, comes back. It's, it's yeah. a weird thing. As you look back on that, you wonder – if, uh, you know, the league would do things over again and really sort of holding the Saints out there like that and costing them a season, um, you, you wonder if they would try to revise the penalty that they uh, that they put on them. Either way, yeah, the Saints are one of the most consistent, you know, contenders. I, I've been saying it, 13-3 and three this year. That, that They're going to be good this they're year. They're my Super Bowl pick. Yep. I, 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 if I had it to do over again – after one game, I might already change it to the Saints over the Packers, but I see I don't want to fall into the trap that that I'm accusing everybody else of falling into. But yeah, either way, I'm completely with you. Eh, I mean, has revolutionized you know Chip Kelly and Mark Tressman. Everybody's buzzing about those guys, but uh, but yeah, Sean Payton and Drew Brees have been a magical duo. People talk about the Superdome being uh, analogous somewhat to playing in Seattle. It's hard to, to play in New Orleans and win. The one team I think can do it is not Green Bay, other than Seattle. I do think if San Francisco gets it together, the style of football that they play is conducive to beating the Saints, and I don't think the noise is going to would affect them that much. Uh, mm. It's just a matter of can they get it together? Can they get wins right now and just be afloat when they get some guys back and then sneak into the playoffs at 10-6? and six? If you go over their schedule, which I think we did on the show last week, uh, the 49ers I'm talking about, the way it sets up, they still they still should be about 5-3 and three at the halfway mark. And then when these defensive pieces start coming back, if they can put it together, 10 or 11 wins is reasonable for them to, to shoot for. I don't think they they have a shot at the division, but they still can uh, to get, get into that fifth or sixth uh, seed in the NFC. All right, and, the, and your Cowboys, by the way. I've got the schedule pulled up here's right how here. They, let me, I'll schedule. just say one thing about okay. the Cowboys. Here, the the thing that they must do to win, you know, six or so, get six or more games, is run the ball, and that requires that Demarco Murray be out there, and that so now you're predicating the prediction on Demarco Murray, who's never been healthy, being healthy for the season. If they can, if they can grind you and spin the clock and and keep their bum defense off the field, then then maybe you'll be right. But I don't buy that Demarco Murray's going to do that. He's never done it before. Okay. I do like Lance Dunbar, though. Lance mm. Dunbar got hurt last year, but he is explosive. And I'm looking at the Cowboys' schedule. It's definitely it's definitely challenging, but they can they could beat the Rams in the NFC West. And right now, uh, you were talking about how the, the shine is off the Cardinals. They play the Cardinals in Dallas. Uh, Carson Palmer has a couple turnovers. There you go. There's another one. I think the Cowboys could be 6-10 and 10 or 7-9. and nine. Old NFC East matchup. Yeah, old Get NFC Neil East. Neil Lomax. Out there, my first fantasy quarterback, Neil. Really, Lomax. me too. Yes, first That's why one you ever. and I apparently we talk in the hallways, Eh and I, and we swoon over our uh, our memories of Neil Lomax Love and Neil Lomax. Roy Green. Roy Green was the man Lewis for about Shop. two years. He was the man. Lewis. I love how he named a random tackle. Roy, was a good, it wasn't a random tackle. He was Stump, a Pro Bowl tackle before Stump Mitchell, before OJ Anderson, right. before EJ Junior. Lewis Sharp. <laughs> Louis Shot was a yeah. Pro Bowl tackle. Neil O'Donohue. Look, the St. Louis Cardinals were not half bad. They just happened to be in a, right. a, a really yeah. rough division, so they could never break through. But Neil Lomax and Roy Green, number 25, and then switched his number to 81, played both sides of the ball. He's the first proper 
two side of the field kind of guy. What do they call that? Plays both sides. Two way players. Two way players. Can't think of it. The uh, but yeah, Roy. I mean, I know Dion did it a little bit, but I mean, really, game in and game out, he was catching passes, touchdown passes, and then he would line up at cornerback. No one can do it. No, there's no one in the NFL that can do it. Seems a shame. I would. I would. If I had uh, maybe a current Cardinal could do it. Oh yeah, they Hot should Pete. do that. That's what they should do with him. That's a good idea. Let's throw him out there. It's a, can't be any worse than throwing Earl Tom. What are you thinking, Earl Thomas? So we saw that they got to abandon that. That's the one bad decision they've made of late. Get him out of there. It's ridiculous. He might get hurt. What are you doing? Putting your best defensive player uh, in punt return. All right, that's it. Shut it off, Dan uh, Fouts tie. I hope you enjoyed the show, Fouts tie. E.H. and Handsome, thanks for joining in on the first Red Challenge flag segment. Segment We'll be doing it all season long. At, you know, I don't know if uh, most Thursdays and Fridays you can look for it and uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or, at, uh, or st- at Stitcher. Better yet, why not do it at both? And track it down at NFL.com slash check. We'll be back on the other side of week one to break it down for you. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. Oh, yeah, and be, be on the lookout for the Sheck Report. It's coming back on uh, next Tuesday, too. Ooh, la, and la. Uh, in the meantime, thanks so much. Thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.